Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Fast Past, the history podcast in close to 30 minutes or less. As always, I'm Megan. I am Jason. And I just quickly want to thank Jason and Trevor for doing the podcast last week. Uh, the reality of life is that there's not enough hours in a day, and I was really upset about dropping the ball on our first episode of Women's History Month. But they came through and had a great episode, so go check that out if you haven't already. Yeah, yeah. But, uh... On to today. On to today. What's on the menu? Veggie chicken nuggies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I just want to give a quick shout out to playwright Emily Conklin, who wrote an incredible play called Fight Like a Girl about the woman we we're speaking about today. And her name is Julie Diobni. Megan? Yeah. That, that sounds French. Jason. Megan? <laughs> That sounds French. No, Jason. I don't. I don't like the French. Jason. Fuck the French. I knew this was gonna happen when I brought up the fact that she was French. Fuck the French. But I think this is a French woman that you'll actually like. All right, ready? She's a bisexual sword fighter who burned down a convent. And the rest is history. Thank you, everyone, for coming today. <laughs> no, 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 um, no. It's been a grand old time. No, it's gonna be a short video. No. Oh, yeah, we're recording. Uh, this is going to be vid videoalized at some point in the future go to, the, to the podcast to the listeners, tube. to the tube-ube. Okay, but can you actually, I actually want to talk about her, so can we... Oh, yeah, we should totally talk about her. But, yeah, no, no, she sounds interesting. Like, bisexual <laughs> sword fighter, burned down a convent. Yep. What's not to love? Exactly, and you'll like her a lot more, let me tell you. So, uh, Julie Deaubny was also known as L'Amopin. Hey. Two names. Yeah. Uh, La Maupin was her stage name. Got it. I'll get to that later. So, she was born in Paris in either 1670 or 1673. Now, if we know anything about history and mm. keeping accurate records of women, we know that this didn't happen much. Yeah. Happy Women's History Month, everyone. Um, which is why we don't have an exact date of her birth. Mm -hmm. Now, her, her father was Sieur... Sieur? Sieur? Sieur de and he was employed by the Count of Armanac. Now, the Count of Armagnac was the master of horses for a little person named King Louis the Fourteenth. King Louis. King Wonderful. Lulula Louis. The Fourteenth. The Fourteenth. Hell it's yeah. It's not the guy who got his head chopped off. I would ho hope not. No, no, it's that, that person. That would be yeah. suckish. So, um, that's, that, that's what her dad, that's who he worked for. And you would actually like her dad. He was a master swordsman, a gambler. Okay. A drinker. Mm -hmm. And, quote, participant in other aspects of nightlife, unquote. Now, what does that mean exactly? I, <laughs> I don't He think. was a hoe. You think he was a prostitute? I mean... He could have been. He could have... He was a hoe. You never know. And or partook in drugs. Now, he passed most of this on to his daughter, minus the prostitution. I hope so. <laughs> um, so well, she'd be fucking people anyways. I mean, yeah, we'll get to that. Well, though. she's a sword fighter. She's fucking people up. She's fucking people up, yeah. Hell yeah. Of course. Now... Julie broke the traditional gender roles from an early age in her life. She got an education that was usually reserved for men only. She learned alongside future court pages. She was also an incredibly gifted fencer. Hell and yeah. she started doing this at 12 years old. Now, it wasn't... Damn, at 12? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, which is pretty, like, late in life if you think about it. Fair, but she's, like, dunking on people at the age of 12. I know a lot of people nowadays that don't know how to fence, that don't know how to do a lot of dumb things. I mean, it's 2020. But she's, like... Yeah. <laughs> still, but, like... She's a full-on adult at the age of 12, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. She's sword fighting, yep. and she's learning with court pages. Yep. 
bitchin'. Dang. Bitchin'. Next level. Um, so it wasn't unusual for women to partake in fencing, but what was unusual was that she would fence other men, mm. and she would often beat them. <laughs> Dang. Um, she was known to be an incredible fencer, and it was around this time that she started dressing in men's clothing because it was easier to fence in. Mm. So, do you still hate the French? Yes. But there are exceptions, and so far she is uh, one of them. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, anyways, she became the mistress of her father's boss when she was, like, 14 or 15 years... Pause. Uh-huh. She became the mistress of her father's boss. Uh-huh. You're telling me she mm-hmm. fucked King Louis. No. <laughs> no, the Count at Armanac. I mean, she probably, honestly, she probably could have fucked King Louis if she wanted to. Okay, but. so she was with the dude who was in charge of the horses. Yeah. Count Almanac. Sure. Got it. Yeah. How old was this man? Old. Old? Old. Old. Yep. Ew. So, um, her father died around 1687, and she was married off to Sir Jean de Maupin. Maupin. Which is obviously where Maupin come from. It looks like it's spelled Maupin. <laughs> I think that's how you pronounce Maupin. If Maupin. I remember anything from the reading of the play, Maupin. Mm. Maupin. Maupin. Uh, now, this was an interesting marriage situation because basically her dad's boss, the Count of Armanac, mm. set up this marriage and then immediately sent her husband off to war so they can continue to have an affair together. Eh. Eh. <laughs> but uh, eventually someone got bored of the other person. We're, we're going to find out who it is. It was her. She definitely got bored of this relationship. Are you kidding me? Anyways, uh, she got bored of him, and she started seeing this sword fighter named uh, Saran. Mm. Saran. Yeah. Saran. Something. French right. is problematic. Uh, but Saran killed someone in a duel, which led to her to flee Paris with him, leaving her old life behind. And they were actually being followed by Nicolas Gabriel de René who was the founder of the first modern police force. Running from the first ever cops. Ever. How mm. badass. Damn. Now, while she was on the run with Saran, uh, they would make money by fencing each other in men's clothing, obviously, mm. and singing at the same time. This is where she got her first taste of the opera. Singing and fencing. Nothing is more entertaining than watching two guys fuck each other up while singing. With swords. I mean, it was also the 16... Hundreds. Yeah. The late 16th, I mean, it was a different time. A different time. Now, being an opera singer actually became an eventual career for her. And she had no formal singing training, but she was known to be a good actor. She had a natural voice and she was beautiful. So she just did it and became famous for it. She has everything going in her life, aside from running from the cops. Aside from running from the cops. (laughs) Damn. But it was during this time, uh, doing opera, that she met her first real love, it was her first lesbian relationship, but she fell very much in love with her. The family of this woman actually sent her away, like, to a convent. Because they learned that the daughter's love affair, they, and they weren't exactly happy with her falling in love with a woman, so, uh, to the convent with you. But did it stop Julie? No. They, no shit. <laughs> she literally stalked this girl to the convent in an attempt to break her out. Which, by the way... Is not an easy thing to do. Convent was basically like... Prison? Like prison back then. Welcome to Fort Knox. Praise Christ. <laughs> I mean, this is some wild shit. It is. <laughs> but the fact that they 
it didn't work out, but it did work out because they, they continued their relationship uh, in, in the, the convent, convent yeah. which is like the most wild thing to me. But then they decided they wanted to not be in the convent. <laughs> like she literally went into the convent. To try to break her out. To try to break her out. Like Realized joined like joined the nunnery yeah. and all that garbage. Realized it didn't work out. And did what any sane person would do. Placed a corpse of a, re- of a recently deceased <laughs> nun in her bed. And, and then, then set the room on fire. <laughs> <laughs> they did this so that they would think that Julie died and nobody would try to look for the young couple. Genius. If it worked. <laughs> but it didn't. Uh, the body of the nun looked nothing like Julie, and they were discovered. Oof. Killing a nun is just really not great. So uh, once they were discovered, Sieur uh, Lamapin was sentenced to death by fire. But she was not a Sieur. She was Lamapin. <laughs> But because she had cross-dressed so much, they thought she was a man, so they sentenced Sieur Melapon to death instead of Julie. <laughs> Which is just wild. So, like, when I was looking at records of oh, her, God. there was stuff for Sieur Lamapon, there mm. was stuff for Lamapon, and then Julie Diobli. And it was like, they're all her, but at the same time, they're not. They're not, you know what I mean? Um, so this whole faking her death thing and being on the run not sit well with her girlfriend so her girlfriend decided to leave and go back to her family i mean (laughs) fair (laughs) um and this isn't even half of julie's story this is a oh god (laughs) oh dear so um with her lover gone she decided to pursue her professional opera career by getting an actual teacher and actual training Mm -hmm. um so he encouraged her to apply to the paris opera which was the greatest stage in france and she got in and life took her there so Back in Paris, she got back together with her old flame, literally old flame, de <laughs> Um and, <laughs> and since he had good standings with the king, uh, they got her bounty taken off her head, and she was officially pardoned by the king. Damn. Yeah. I guess it's a good thing to have friends in high places. And I guess it's a good thing to fuck friends in high places. To each their own. <laughs> to each their own. But uh, she was always doing scandalous things. <laughs> she dressed in a tuxedo... And went to a ball. Mm-hmm. And then at the ball, she kissed a girl who all the men were just, like, fighting over. Mm-hmm. And all the men saw this and got pissed, so they challenged her to a duel. Like, all the dudes who were flocking over this woman challenged her to a duel. Yeah. And she won. <laughs> <laughs> yes. She wrecked their faces and just smashed the crap out of their ego. Just like, suck it. Nerd, get dunked a, on. Get get oofed on, you dirty goblin. We need a Julie. Oh, I like he brought that back. Brought it back. We need a Julie in our lives. Um, but the issue with this was that King Louis had just outlawed dueling. Of course he did. So now she had to flee the city again, pursued by the police. Again. Again. <laughs> uh, history repeats itself sometimes too often. <laughs> so from Paris, she went to Brussels where her wild behavior continued. Wild being, okay, during a suicide scene in an opera, she actually fucking stabbed herself on stage with the dagger in the gut. Damn. And she was also the mistress to the elector of Bavaria? Bavaria. Bavaria? Why the fuck did I say that? 
<laughs> so she was also the mistress to the Elector of Bavaria, who literally paid her 40,000 francs to leave him alone. <laughs> Which, ouch. Yeah, ouch. And she obviously didn't take the money. She actually threw it at his feet. And then she was like, fuck this. I'm going back to Paris. Fuck you and your money. So she did end up procuring a second pardon from the king. How? Well, On God, how? Her brother somehow. Goddamn. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and then she returned to her opera career. But off stage, she continued her romantic and dueling escapades, and Sounds everybody right. knew her name. She literally fucked anyone she wanted. Badass woman. Um, she was also seeing this man called Thevenard. That doesn't sound French. Thevenard? Thevenard. Thevenard. You gotta sound like you're gurgling cursive. That's how, that's how you're French. Thevenard. <laughs> That's better. <laughs> Whatever. Who he was also in, <laughs> he was also in the opera with her. Um, so during one of their like fights together, she um, during performance bit his ear and it drew blood. She Mike Tysoned him before Mike Tyson existed. Take that, Mike Tyson. <laughs> we know that you're a fraud. Oof. I mean, not a fraud. You can kick my ass. Yeah. But uh, you're not the originator. Get dunked on. Julie. 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 Julie of the obliques. Yeah. dunked on you i mean does this life even seem legitimately real no it doesn't this sounds like a like a legend like a like an urban legend <laughs> of just this legendary woman who would mess up anyone who got in her way and then sleep with their wives because she can basically but there's like actual records to show that she existed which is wild like fucking yeah. wild absolutely devastating to these people to these people but absolutely amazing for us <laughs> So, uh, in 1701, La Maupin, I was going to say Maupin again, uh, <laughs> La Maupin's husband finally came back, but not even this calmed her down, because of course it didn't. She still continued to have bisexual affairs, cross-dressing, sword fighting, and in 1703, she began an affair with Madame la Marquise de Florensac. Ooh. Gurgling. Gurgling cursive. cursive. <laughs> yep. Uh, and... She was considered one of the most beautiful women in all of France. This was uh, Florence Sachs' first lesbian relationship, but they quickly fell deeply in love. Because uh, they lived together for the next two years, even though <laughs> Julie was married. And La Maupin was home. And La Maupin was home. <laughs> she literally said, like, La Maupin. You're not important you. enough. <laughs> like, no, she said, not fuck you. No, <laughs> I'm going to go fuck uh, Florence Sachs. <laughs> and the fact that she'd spent two years with her meant like this was the longest relationship in her life when they weren't sent off to fight in a war and two years spending with somebody. Yeah. 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 Uh, and in 1705, her lover became deathly ill with a fever and she died two days after contracting the fever. Sadly. So Julie was obviously devastated by this loss mm -hmm. and decided to retire from the stage for the remainder of her life. Now, Two different accounts happen here. Some say that she lived quietly with her husband for the rest of her life. Yeah. With Simon Lapin, finally. Uh -huh. um, but other accounts say that she spent the rest of her life in a monastery in penitence for the bad things she's done. I'm going to say she spent her time with her husband because I don't think she would go to a convent or monastery again after she burnt her, one down. Like, when they let her in, they'd be like, Julie Diobni, are you Simon Lapin? Yeah, sure, come in. <laughs> Don't bring someone down this time. <laughs> What's up? Oh, just, you uh, know, Sister Mary, she just died. Don't touch her corpse. 
<laughs> like. Yeah, no, she's yeah. she's not getting in another convent. Are you kidding me? Um, either way, she spent, uh, she died two years later in 1707 from unknown causes at age 37. She's done more with her life than most people ever will in today's standards. She's done more than, with her life than I will ever do in mine at age 37. 37. Wow. And, uh, yeah. And the rest is history. Yeah. So... Yeah, the rest of this month we will be doing um, very important, interesting, cool women or More events up. around women in history because yeah. fuck yeah, Women's History Month. Fuck we yeah, got history. erased from most of history, so we're bringing it back here on Fast Past. Because men, I think there was a quote saying like, for every great man, there's a greater woman behind him. Yeah. So it's time for the greater woman to stand out and for the men to get the hell out of the way. Yeah, you know, next month we'll go back to like some men. Well, we'll go back to like figuring out what's going on and just, like occasionally sprinkling some people in. But this is like this is time to focus on the women. Yeah. So uh, time to time to show our love. Time to show our love. Yeah. So if you want to request any future episodes from us, you could either email us talking to you YouTube. You could also comment. Um, you could either email us at fastpasspodcast at gmail dot com. Yeah, yeah. Or uh, DM us on Twitter. We're at fastpast one. I don't keep up with Twitter. I really keep trying, but I have no hours in the day. It'd be like that sometimes. But if you at me, I'll at you back. Ooh. What's up? Getting added. Uh, <laughs> if you want any of the sources for this episode, so you can cite us in scholarly papers, you can also DM us or email us, and I will give you the sources. Oh, snap. Oh, snap. Getting sources. Yep. And, Learning um, history. Yeah. Happy uh, Happy Women's History Month, and uh, until uh, next time. Bye bye bye